You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show and my other show, Enthusiasts, plus to get the latest interviews, K-pop news, album reviews, and so much more, subscribe to the show's free newsletter at 17karatkpop.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-pop. Espa just released their third in a series of short films. Episodes 1 and 2 I covered at length in the Espa episodes of the show, Espa and Kwanya 101, and Espa and Kwanya Volume 2. So go back to those for the full background. But this is your guide to the new installment and some updated thoughts and theories about where the story's headed and what to keep in mind as the SMCU continues to unfold. Espa have these eyes. A-E-I. Karina has I Karina, AE dash Karina, Ning Ning has I Ning Ning, I dash Ning Ning, etc. These eyes are not just a digital manifestation of who they are online. All the personal data, the algorithms, everything that goes into their personal social media digital footprint becomes this embodiment through I. But that's not necessarily who they are at their core. That is the version of themselves projected online. So if you're a really authentic, unfiltered self online, your eye probably just is your identical twin. But if you have a very distorted, different role you portray yourself as having in the digital realm, you may never even meet your eye because they look so unlike you, act so unlike you, you never cross paths. The eyes cannot just coexist with Espa in the real world, the actual term for it, real world, that they use for Earth, basically. But they are infringing, they're getting more involved in what happens in the real world over time. The boundaries are blurring between dimensions. That's why there's kind of a power struggle sometimes with Espa and I figuring out who's the real them. But when they are not in real world, the eyes are in kind of a sleep mode in a way, on the flat. On the flat or elsewhere, the eyes get to communicate with their human counterparts by syncing, S-Y-N-K. But the sync outs, S-Y-N-K-O-U-T, are when there's basically a blackout, a power outage, the Wi-Fi goes down, usually caused by an evil force like the Black Mamba. So Espa have eyes who live in the flat, they try to sync with, sync outs get in the way by the Black Mamba, and the other buzzword to know. Novice. N-A-E-V-I-S. Novices are sort of like I, but different, and kind of ambiguous, but my interpretation is the novice is like an amalgamation of the traits of the eyes, the epitome of the good kind of eye, when an eye can be used for good and have a good true purpose. So the main character in this short film is Novice, and this Novice is really feeling for the humans, which is why her overlords are basically punishing her, because they're like, no, there cannot be eyes coexisting happily, eyes are superior, let's take over and just flat out kind of replace humans as running real world. But she really feels for them. And so despite the threat of losing her powers, Novice goes down to Earth to try to help the humans combat Black Mamba and other dark forces. Episode 1 in this short film series was called Black Mamba, and it showed the members getting to know their eyes and learning about their strength and how they were curated. But then they experience a big sink out and realize no one knows a solution to the problem of what if the eyes get hacked and used for evil. So chaos befalls Earth in Chapter 1. Chapter 2, the next level era, was about Quanya, the magical realm I talked about and explained at length on previous episodes. All you need to know for this installment is just that 
I kind of equate it to the flat here, just to simplify the understanding of the story. It's kind of an alternate dimension, just a separate place from real world where they focus in that chapter. This new video for girls slash don't you know I'm a savage starts with them in the subway car, the one where villains have come to life before. In the new villain, I'm going to call her Evil Queen. I don't know if she's a queen, literally, but she has evil queen energy. She's the main villain. Looks like a beauty pageant winner, evil, dark, Disney character. She's a Maleficent type, and she emerges out of this black smoke on the train and can sick the black mamba on people. She also has this gemstone embedded in her palm that seems to be like a magic source, an energy source, that you can use to take away the enemy's assets, like the white butterflies that help Espa with a sense of direction and hope. She just snatches up the butterflies with the power of that gemstone. And she says she was created with a mix of all the bad data. So while they try to put their best selves online during eye creation, the bad stuff, rumors, gossip, bullying, hate speech, it's all going into people like this evil queen. So these figures combine the worst of the internet and are in this huge interdimensional battle for the soul of the world, good versus evil, which side of internet usage will win out. That's the big philosophical underpinning of the story. Evil Queen is like, I caused the latest sink out because you guys don't deserve to sync up with eyes. She seems to take the stance of eyes are people too, and you haven't treated them like people. You've treated your eye as disposable, as taken for granted, just something you can play with, something you don't take seriously enough. The way you're presenting yourself online, you clearly don't have any regard for how good or truthful your digital self is. Therefore, you don't deserve this technology. Eyes are out. You don't deserve us. Upon unleashing Black Mamba, the apocalyptic chaos is really next level. No next level pun intended, but like truly the cinematography of it all. This is the most immersive to watch, visually compelling Aspa short film to date. The most next level, just clear, detailed, impressive, cinematic, apocalyptic scenes unfold. Truly, filmmakers should watch this and comment, curious what they think. I know a lot of K-pop videos get praise for being cinematic. This is really next level, though. Again, no pun intended. It's also very compelling and shows how much they want to take this music video universe and expand it, its potential to do so, with the multimedia format. Because some scenes are kind of comic book-esque, like a webtoon, other scenes are 3D CGI, other scenes are just 4D live action, so they mix up the formats. So this is like a three-in-one multimedia viewing immersive experience. Okay, I'll get back to the plot in a second. One more shout-out just for the cinema of it all, though. They really also helped me better appreciate the instrumental for the song Girls. Truly, I didn't realize how movie-ready, credits-ready that song is. It really packs that punch. Amid this chaos, the girls are superhero icons wielding their powers. It looks like a fire truck is what Evil Queen hurls at Karina. Is that an NCT reference? Or am I really reaching? I often am reaching. But come on, the fire truck? I'm just saying. Lots of SNCU potential Easter eggs here. Some make more sense than others. Anyway, it ends up dissipating into a bunch of butterflies. Karina is doing pretty well combat-wise here. Her main power flexed is with that robot arm, her super puncher arm. 
Ning Ning uses her special skill of tech savviness, touchscreen tech, knowing how to manipulate the digital aspects of the other side's strategy. She also at one point intentionally works to overwhelm the data system with bad data to block the enemy from getting good data. And she seems to be talking to, I think, Mingho from Shiny in the control room somewhere. I mean, he was the control room person talking to her in a previous SM Town teaser video. So I think that's his role in the SMCU. Anyway, she's communicating with the command center and doing her own thing. So Ning Ning flexes tech savvy. Karina flexes punch savviness. Winter is using her sword. She does keep beheading the Black Mamba in multiple parts of Espa's story now, but Black Mamba reabsorbs data and grows its head back. So interesting commentary there. If we stop putting garbage on the internet, forces like the Black Mamba and what they represent would stop feeding on it and returning to their full evil potential. Then there is Giselle, who continues to do that pose with her fingers that resembles taking a picture. That's a key gesture. It indicates she's generating a force field, which she does in this video, to for a time freeze in place the evil queen. Although Winter kind of does a not smart move and uses her sword then. So the sword smashes through the container that had been holding in the evil queen. So nice going Winter. I guess she did redeem herself though later. Anyway. They're all showing off their key superpowers throughout this fight scene. Many fight scenes. They're actually way more action scenes than ever. The dialogue compared to past films, pretty minuscule. This one is more action-packed for sure. I do wonder if the battle scenes are a hallucination though, because sometimes what they think is happening in some dimension or another is actually happening in none of them. It's all in their heads. And you get that feeling with the way they, whenever they touch the ground or touch anything, it kind of glitches or blurs, gets out of focus. Plus at the end of one battle round, the city buildings behind them just sort of disintegrate. Ning proves why she should be her bias, because she also has good limbo game skills. She really kind of does the limbo and survives the giant boulder that is hurled right at her. There are lots of moments where it feels like the evil queen will definitely maintain the upper hand. The way she makes clones of herself to attack the members all at once from different directions. The way she has the power to kind of make the human versions change forms. Like at one point, Karina punches her in the face, and then she gets revenge, stares dead at her, and watches Karina be replaced by I, Karina. Then she punches her, which causes her to go back to being just Karina. It's just a psyop, a psychological manipulation she's doing. Same with Winter, who the evil queen manages to force back into I, Winter, and back again. Yes, they are separate, but the same. Winter and I Winter, Karina and I Karina, etc. So if you're confused about what's the difference between their different selves, that's part of the big point. The big philosophical foundation is about how much of yourself is bound up in who you are online and how much is different. This is also why it's meant to be confusing how much they channel their eyes versus just their CGI in the CGI realm. Because not necessarily are the ESPA members the eye version just because you see them animated. For example, Karina could be just a CGI Karina. That doesn't automatically mean she is turned into eye Karina. Ikarina could be doing something totally separate in the same dimension or elsewhere. So yeah, it's meant to be confusing kind of sometimes which member is themselves. What does that even mean?
there is some purple graffiti on the wall behind I, Karina at one point, or CGI Karina maybe. And graffiti is just something in Espa's videos I told you to keep an eye on. Could be symbolic in the future, could not be, but its repeated presence seems intentional. The novice at the beginning vowed to go help these humans, even though this giant trio of intergalactic characters, I call them IT, just for short, the intergalactic trio, they're galaxy-printed outlines of giant giants who control Earth, space, and time. The big one is leering over Exo's whole chapter in the SMCU. They start out the video tormenting, threatening novice as she crouches over, nervously fearful, on this giant sundial. It also seems notable, and I could be reaching again, but let's have fun with this. It seems like the giant elaborate headpieces worn by the IGT, Intergalactic Trio, are like stages. Like hats with mini auditoriums, little curtain and stage setups. Like, maybe the Show Within a Show premise has to do with that. The SMCU's Show Within a Show premise has those shows within the shows taking place on the IGT who lurk over the world, the real world. You never know. You could also read into the chains dangling from the brims of their hats. That could be a reference to something in past SMCU installments, too. That novice who's terrified of these overlords, she comes down from the flat, despite knowing doing so will cause her to lose power. But she wants to go help offer her assistance, and she does. They do seem to be fending off the queen, but she keeps coming back and having the upper hand again. So who really seals the deal, gets the queen sucked back into a different dimension, is novice, with the force field she generates. Now, doing so causes her to lose the rest of her power, and the novice collapses. There are a couple of super noteworthy things about this scene where novice collapses that I want to zero in on. One is that the queen does leave, and as she's sucked back in a portal, what she leaves behind that got separated from her palm, the gemstone, the energy source. So now they have that, but it still does not, in this installment anyway, save the day. They really need to pocket that before she comes back, which I'm assuming she will. Another notable thing, the members run up to the novice to assist, and everyone but Winter runs toward novice as their digital selves. Winter runs up to her in her just 4D IRL human form. So that was a notable detail too. The long-term implications of Novice's collapse remain to be seen, but she did not die. We find that out later when the IGT find her and punish her, threaten to keep punishing her until she stops helping the humans who they see as the enemy who don't respect the digital realm enough. Giselle is then seen back in class giving a presentation about the quote from chapter one, existence precedes essence, and diving into the meaning of that, basically recapping what she's learned the eye is all about. And as she recaps what she's learned, there's a montage of moments where we see past episode scenes of members getting to know their eyes, acting just like besties, an innocent time of lower stakes. One of the last scenes, Boa shows up, and her character becomes now directly introduced for the first time into Espa's realm. 
She approaches the statue in front of those big towering doorways. The big doors burst a light coming through the crack in the doors that lead to a new dimension, I think. That doorway, presumably to Quania, has been in Taman videos, SMCU teaser content. It's been prevalent. And now that doorway is back, as is the sundial. The same sundial outline from XO's world and from the beginning of the story with the IGT terrifying novel. The outline of that powerful symbolic sundial and the doorway both appear behind Boa after she basically says the password with her eyes. She doesn't say anything, but she just has to stare at the statue guarding the gates, and they open for her. This statue looks like it's of that evil queen, the biggest hint being that the palm of the statue does have that gemstone embedded in it. This means either the evil queen is definitely coming back and has been wrecking havoc on other SM artists in this world, or that Boa has a pretty close connection, a way to beat the evil queen. Would love a spinoff chapter about that. Always, 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 for Espa, stick around for the credits, because there's a post-credit scene. Also, just for SMCU videos, SM artist videos, period, there can be a post-credit scene. So stick around till the last second, always, or you might miss something. And in this case, the big-to-be-continued ending scene shows Novice saying, I'm going back to the real world. I don't care I'll get punished. I don't care I'll lose my strength yet again. It'll be risky for me. But I don't believe you. The humans do deserve my help, and I'm rushing to their aid. Please remember, the XO and ESPA chapters of the SM Entertainment cinematic world seem the most connected. So the artist whose story I would revisit to best understand ESPA's story, XO. Because there was the big tree of life, that purple tree, it turned purple and it was glitching and stuff. In Espa's next level, then there's the sundial and the big IGT over it. There are the guards after them, someone lurking in a dark place, shadowy figures, masked or otherwise concealed, spying on them, or guards that they have to confront, like an Exo's monster. Plus the EXO Don't Fight the Feeling post credit scene gave a little preview of the towering doors that became a key at the end of this new ESPA film. Plus all these SM artists have scenes with the smashing glass or trapped in glass, breaking glass or glass boxes, glass period, very symbolic for these characters. There are two more things I want to remind you about in this SMCU. One is the dream within a dream layers could be immense. It could be more than one. It could not just be a show within a show, but a show within a show within a show, etc. Because there are a lot of moments that make you think, wait, now is the dream over? Now did they wake up or is there another layer here? Like in this short film, the ESPA members for a moment, for a real quick, easy to forget scene, are just their 4D selves. A couple of them napping on the couch, just in real world, regular day. There's also in a previous video, we saw one of them just watching the whole show. The whole film was being watched, like on their phone. Then the whole show in episode two starts with the conductor leading an orchestra performance. So yeah, there could be layers of what it is staged, manufactured, etc. All time back to that big central question this story provokes about what does real mean? Who are our real selves? What does real mean in this post-dawn of the internet era? Second element I want you to remember that's easy to forget. In episode two, Karina held up a copy of The Wizard of Oz. She had a copy of The Wizard of Oz. 
just seems notable. Maybe more Wizard of Oz story Easter eggs will appear in the future. And just note that in the Wizard of Oz, the action was all a dream Dorothy had. Plus there was the big man behind the curtain, the master puppeteer in a sense. That could kind of be the intergalactic trio here, or the role of a different member of the SMCU. And we have to figure out who it is. Lots of ways to interpret it, but these are just the latest in a continuously unfolding story. Really curious where it goes next, but that's your latest recap. I'll stay on top of it, so stay tuned for future ASPA story update episodes in SMCU period episodes. Feel free to share your thoughts with me as well. If you have different theories, different predictions, different interpretations, I'm all ears. And don't forget, if you're listening in Spotify, you can directly share those with me in the comment box. Thank you for tuning in, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody!